Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hey everyone, welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hi Jill. Hey Carlene. How you doing? I'm great. I feel like a real podcaster now because we're doing an AMA episode. I know. Hashtag AMA. Ask, ask me, me anything, anything, but it's yes. us. So yes. it's like an AUA episode. <laughs> anyway, when this episode drops, we will actually be in LA. Yes. We are collecting so much content. We're going to have so many interviews coming. We've got founders. We have facialists. Who else? We have other yeah. podcasters. Yeah. We're really prioritizing a lot of pod swaps with some amazing people. I'm excited to share all of the interviews with you guys. Yeah. We get so many questions about being beauty podcasters mm-hmm. because this is a relatively new space. Mm-hmm. So how we got into it, the fact that it's really growing. And so I think that us being on other beauty podcasts and vice versa, it just really leans into that whole pod fam idea. And we're going to get into so many of these topics today, actually. Yeah. So a little housekeeping. We want to introduce ourselves because it is an Ask Me Anything episode. Reintroduce ourselves. I think in episode two or really far back in 2017, we did a whole About Us episode Mm -hmm. where we really did a lot of rapid fire. We were in your basement, I think. We interviewed each other. Yes. So (laughs) That's like tons of info about us. If you yeah. guys want to go back and check that out. Yeah. Like we kind of got into early days, how we got into beauty mm-hmm. and magazines to begin with. So we won't rehash all of that. You mm-hmm. can go back and have a listen. Today, we will talk about more like how we got into podcasting mm-hmm. and we're answering listener questions yeah. from our new voicemail and also from Instagram. And it's all because we hit 1 million downloads. Yeah. Yay. We thought, yeah. We were like, hey, let's stop for a minute and reflect. Yeah, it's a really big number. And I don't think I ever anticipated getting there really at the beginning because uh, certainly when we started our beauty podcast, you know, there were so few and we knew that women would love the topic, but it is a visual topic as well. So we weren't really sure were people going to keep tuning in, but they did. And we're really happy about that. And I think we found a really nice stride with the type of topics that we're covering and the type of content that people really want to hear about 
in a podcast about beauty. So we loved reading every question. We kind of put a contest on Instagram and we said, you know, send us your questions. And if we air them on our show, you're going to get a Breaking Beauty podcast pop socket for your phone. And so if your question is in this episode, we will be sending those out to you. We'll be contacting you for your address. We want to thank everybody for submitting their questions. Yeah, they were so fun to read and hear on the voicemail line. And by the way, the voicemail line is still open. It's a permanent thing now. Mm -hmm. And so we want you guys to call in at any time with questions, uh, suggestions, feedback in general. Um, And that number, I'm going to give it to you right now. It's one 844 227-0302. And we will link that on our show notes. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can find us on Instagram at Breaking Beauty Podcast. And we have our chat room on Facebook. So you search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. And we give a lot of behind the scenes teasers there. And we have a really fun community talking about beauty and recommendations. And I love to see the conversations that happen in there. It's so much fun. And of course, we have our blog. It's Mm -hmm. at breakingbeautypodcast.com. And we list every product mentioned in the episode there. So Carlene, let's tell everybody who you are. Okay. Well, my full name is Carlene Higgins. And as you know, I'm a co-host on this podcast. I was a longtime beauty editor at a fashion magazine in Canada. I was there for over a dozen years. And so I did a lot of writing, editing, um, going backstage at Fashion Week in like New York and Paris and Milan and fun places like that. Got to interview a lot of founders of Mm -hmm. beauty brands and celebrity people like Julianne Moore. Mm -hmm. Did a hell of a lot of swatching of products um, as part of my job. Also produced photo shoots and was involved in creative. I've done photo shoots with Charlotte Tilbury and uh, the hairstylist Danilo and um, work with some really great photographers as well. So that was kind of a past life. And now I'm doing the podcast. I'm also a mom. Yes. A mom of two adorable kids. Mom of two adorable kids. And I also still do freelance writing today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the above. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jill? Who um, are you? I'm Jill Dunn. And um how do, where do I even start? Well, I've been freelancing for like seven years at this point, but you and I got to know each other mm-hmm. when we worked across the hall. And when I worked at Glow Magazine and you worked at Flare Magazine, which seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. And my background is in print magazines as a beauty editor as well. I worked at Elle. I've been freelancing now for publications. And I also do a lot of television here in Canada. So I'm the resident expert on the Marilyn Dennis show on CTV. And I do um, morning shows across the country as well. And also this podcast. Mm-hmm. So lots, hands full. lots keeping me busy these days. It's all content, right? But you just kind of like evolve with yeah. the mediums and social media and all of that. So that's where we're at now. And yeah. I think the podcast is just taking up more and more of our time because we I are know. weekly at this point. Yeah. We started out as a monthly. We started out interviewing founders about how they broke into the business mm-hmm. with their best-selling beauty product. Mm-hmm. And we were doing that kind of exclusively, I think, for the first year. We really loved that intersection of entrepreneurship and beauty. Mm-hmm. We love talking to founders and we still do, you know, people like Love Glasman of Fresh and Frank Toskin, the founder of Mac Cosmetics. Brandon Truax from DCM, Emily Weiss from Glossier. So we still do those episodes and we love those, but mm-hmm. there was just so much more content that mm-hmm. people were interested in. There were so many opportunities that we had that we were we were just like, this is too good. We can't leave this behind. Makeup by Mario comes into town. Yeah. 
we're not going to not interview him. So exactly. Anyway, the show is people ev- what they want. Exactly. <laughs> the show has evolved and now we have weekly episodes. It's all about the breakthrough people, products, and ideas in beauty. I love it. And also just separating the greats from the gimmicks, like what you guys really should be spending your money on. I think that's been a core tenant of like what we've been all about. And as editors, we've just tested so much stuff over the years that we can kind of tell right away what is worthy of investment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think that's all a very natural segue into our first question today. This one is from Jillian. We have a voicemail. Love that. Thanks for making our hotline bling Jillian. And here's her question. Hi, my name's Jillian. And my question for you guys is why did you guys want to start your podcast? Um, Was it more for fun and being able to share your love of beauty with other people who love beauty? Um, Did you think it would have such a great following? All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay. So Jillian's question is just all about why we wanted to start the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think, Carlene, you and I, we sort of have differing opinions about how and when we came up with the idea of this, which I think could be funny to share. I mean... So basically when the magazine I worked at for a very long time went out of print, Mm -hmm. uh, I was laid off. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was an interesting time in my life. I was like, I think for about a day, I went through those natural feelings of, you know, rejection and just like, oh, this sucks. But it really only took me about 24 hours to be like, this is an opportunity, you know, and what am I going to do next? And just starting to build some excitement. And I remember you texted me, you're like, what computer should I buy? (laughs) Yeah. I literally (laughs) bought a, a laptop within like 48 hours. So I didn't know, I think This happens to every editor and there are many who have left the world Mm -hmm. of print journalism. Mm -hmm. There are, the first thing you're going to do is just look inside and be like, should I start a blog? Mm -hmm. And I did start a blog, but I was like, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket because although I did try to carve out a really original point of view for that, and I still stand by that, it was like, what if this doesn't go anywhere? Mm -hmm. And so I remember meeting with you, Jill. Mm -hmm. And in my memory, we had like had a glass of champagne and I, maybe we had had a previous conversation about a podcast, but I think in that moment, I just remember being like, let's start a podcast Mm -hmm. and like cheersing it over Mm -hmm. dinner one night at this restaurant. Okay. My interpretation was you literally walked into the Soho house with your new computer in the Apple bag. I'll never forget it. Uh I was sitting there with Steph (laughs) that we went upstairs. Okay. We had lunch. We were talking about it. You were talking about how you had just been on mat leave, not that long before that, a year and a bit ago, and, yeah. and you were talking about how you got obsessed with true crime podcasts. And yeah. I was like, I'm obsessed with podcasts. And literally we were talking about beauty and podcasts and there were so few of them. And I literally think over lunch that day, we decided that we were doing this podcast. I guess so. I don't, <laughs> I remember being at Piano Piano. Anyway, we no. definitely ate there at one point. I don't know if it was just, if it was before, after the idea came, but anyway, here we are now. Yes. And the rest of her question was, you know, about did we start it because we love beauty or seeing it go somewhere? And I think both of us saw it going somewhere. Yeah. We saw a white space. It was Mm -hmm. just absolutely blinding. Mm -hmm. You know, like we said, we were both interested in podcasts and we just like we plugged into iTunes or whatever beauty podcast. And I think like literally three or four came up and it was Fat Mascara had launched within months. Emma Guns. Emma Guns was in there and the Beauty Brains were there for sure. 
if there was another one, I don't remember what it was. So at that point we were just like, hi, opportunity knocking exactly right here. And so we thought, Hey, why not? And we jumped in as quickly as we could. We got our logo together. Mm -hmm. We bought some shoddy equipment (laughs) and we started recording episodes that probably sound like they're in a tin can because we recorded them at a public (laughs) library. Well, yeah, real talk. But you know, that was in 2016 is 2019. There's just so much has happened since then. Mm -hmm. And I think that we were hoping that we would connect with an audience that loved beauty and loved talking about these topics in depth because Mm -hmm. we knew there were great stories to tell. Yeah. But I don't know if we foresaw a million downloads. I don't even know if I projected in my head. I certainly didn't have a vision board with, you know, having an audience that DMs us on the regular and shows us what they buy and all that. I just absolutely love that. And I think you do too. And we marvel at it, frankly, because it just never happened in the magazine world. Yeah. And now Jillian had a bonus question. Would you rather shop at the drugstore forever or high end forever? And I actually think this is a funny question (laughs) because it kind of speaks to the differences between Mm -hmm. us. Because remember our old producer, she used to call us high low Mm -hmm. because you were the high voice Mm -hmm. and I'm the low Mm -hmm. voice. And um, yeah, so another one of the differences we have is on this very topic. Mm -hmm. High low of a different sort. Yes. So (laughs) I love high end. (laughs) And actually this goes back to our fashion too, because I remember you saying Mm -hmm. to me, if you could afford it, would you wear designer Mm -hmm. every day of your life? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Would you? And you were like, no, no, couldn't care less. So yeah, I'm into the like rich bitch products. (laughs) I love like the pricey spend Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Treat yourself. But why? Well, Listen, there are some products that are just complete BS, obviously. And sometimes I've said that I'm like embarrassed to say the price on the air because Mm -hmm. I know it's just absolutely ridiculous. But in some cases, I do think that you get what you pay for. Yeah. And I do talk about some brands over and over that I know are pricey, but and I'm not embarrassed to talk about them because I think they're really good quality. Clitopo. Clitopo, unofficial (laughs) ambassador right here. I just, you know, I'm a real skincare person. Like Mm -hmm. I like makeup and I like hair care as much as the next person, but my true passion is skincare. Yeah. And I really like a refined, good quality texture. And I like the sensorial feeling, the ritual of putting on products and the steps and all that kind of stuff. And my face is like repelled against cheap shit that smells like, garbage, like this perfumey crap. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's cheap. That can be expensive stuff too. It's just such a big turnoff for me. And I'm just somebody who appreciates quality. Like I like designer pieces in the sense that I want something I'm going to wear over and over and over. And it feels like a worthwhile spend to me because I use the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's a Chanel bag I'm going to pass on to my daughter Mm -hmm. or, you know, I just have an appreciation for quality. And if it's got great style too, then, then great. That's just part of my MO. Mm -hmm. I think it's, well, obviously, I mean, I'm really excited because Ulta is coming to Mm -hmm. Canada. And I think that that is going to be my sweet spot really Mm -hmm. of, you know, the high and the low, the mix, that mastige. I really do feel like that is, that is me, but, uh, I love a drugstore buy. I love going into shoppers drug mart. I always go to Dwayne Reed when I'm in New York. I love it. Yeah. I love discovering it. And even Chris Appleton was talking about this when he was on our show, about how he goes into CVS to see what people are buying. Yeah. And I just think a lot of the amazing innovations that happen, happen frankly with these big drugstore brands. Yeah. So if you're thinking about like even in hair color or even like a lot 
of the sunscreens, their drugstore products. And I just also know, especially in this market in Canada, because I do so much television, Mm -hmm. I've been like face to face with people in the Marilyn Dennis show audience. And you say something is $80 and there's literal shock and awe like that, you know, you would even have the, you would even suggest that that you would even suggest that. And, you know, certainly growing up in a smaller town, I've always just been like very conscientious of recommending things that people can afford, enjoy without feeling guilty about spending money on themselves. That said, I'm not going to turn down like a beautiful Chanel red lipstick. You know, like (laughs) I love wearing those things too, but I think I am very cost conscious and especially having worked in like quote unquote service journalism for as many years as I have, where there's a lot of how to's, there's a lot of takeaways. That's always been an MO of mine of like giving people an option if they want to like try something out. Yeah, and not break the bank. And that's something that I love about you because Mm -hmm. I do think that, I mean, I'm going to generalize a bit Mm -hmm. here, but I think for a lot of magazine editors, and I can say this because I've been there, there's this huge gap between what you write and your audience Mm -hmm. and the feedback that you get, like compared to what we're doing now. I mean, people are DMing us right away. They're like, oh, I tried that product you talked about. I love it too. Or that didn't work for me Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. You hear right away. So there's this level of responsibility, whereas in a magazine, it's like you just didn't really get that feedback. So you literally could just be blind to the prices. And I Mm -hmm. think there's a bit of an ivory tower definitely effect there that happens. And, and so I think again, like the fact that you've been on TV and you've got these live audience Mm -hmm. people, like you have to come correct with these products that are going to be price conscious and also work. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that I don't love a good drugstore Mm -hmm. product, but I'm just, I'm very, I'm very critical. Yeah. You know, so if I do say I love a drugstore product, like, you know, it's good or I'm not going to be bothered. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, there's the lesson is there's like obviously great stuff in both, but I think it's fun that we are always sort of checking each other, keeping each other in check for that reason. Totally agree. Thank you for the question, Jillian. What do we got next here? So we have one from uh, at Crystal Brienne and this one came on Instagram via direct message. Thank you, Crystal. And this was a, this is a fun one. What beauty brand or item have you been using forever that you won't give up? Okay. I'm Jill's going to roll her eyes when <laughs> I say this, but I still would say NARS Orgasm Blush. Mm-hmm. I know I always have said this has literally been around for 20 years. Like, yawners, but it's just that perfect peachy color. It was kind of almost like a highlighter meets blush before highlighters were popular Mm -hmm. because it just gives you this beautiful sheen. And again, like I personally think it would, I can't see any skin tone that it wouldn't look lovely on. And I think that's part of the magic of that product. Yeah. And I also like, I used to have the powder one where I literally used it down like the compact was breaking off. Like I think, you know, when it breaks off and they're in two separate pieces Yeah, and I hit pan and all that. And like, I love the liquid version as well. Mm -hmm. I just think at the end of the day, if I am feeling shitty or looking shitty and I need to like brighten my face instantly without having to do all these different tips or tricks, if I put it on, I know it's going to make a remarkable difference. And mm-hmm. those are like the products that I really like are the ones where it's just like, oh, small thing to do, look many more times better. Mm-hmm. How yeah. about you? Um, I have two. Okay. That's a bit of a cop out. Number one is SkinCeutical CE Ferulic. 
It works on every single person. It is potent. It is so good. And it is just totally brightening. It's basically if you use that and a sunscreen and then like a night cream, it's like all you need for anti-aging. So it's all about vitamin C. Vitamin C, vitamin E, and ferulic acid. Mm -hmm. And those three things in combo in this like little apothecary bottle, it's friggin' magic. And it's like 120 bucks, I think. I bought it. Yeah. Plenty of times. Yeah. And I think it really, really works. And I feel comfortable recommending that like across the board. Okay. People great. will like it. Second thing that I have to just give a little shout out for C and D shellac game changing oh. product, mm-hmm. wear it every two weeks, standing appointment. I thought you were going to say that it cosmetic CC cream. Well, that one's amazing too, but yeah. I could probably live without that. Right. When I f- have my nails done, I feel like I'm, you know, yeah. it's, it's a different way of putting yourself out into the world. And you know what, with beauty and beauty products really and truly your nails is the only thing that you personally get to look at all day. Yeah, that's true. And so you good feel point. good. You feel good when you have them done and it's um, a game changing product. And we actually did interview Jan, have so much respect for her in July of 2018. So if you want to go back and listen to that, it's a fun episode. Thank you, Crystal. So our next question is from Liam Sharma. He is from New Zealand. Hello, my favorite Canadian humans. Mm -hmm. I have about six questions. Hoping one gets picked so I can rock the mercy. I'm a diehard BB fan. (laughs) Do you think he means rock the merch? (laughs) Maybe. I think that's what he means. Rock the merch. Okay, that was a bit of a typo, Liam. (laughs) I liked rock the mercy. I was like, (laughs) I've never heard this before, but I'm going to start calling shit mercy too. We have indeed selected one of your questions because we never really talk about this topic. So the question is, when you're hungover, what is your go-to morning skincare product? Okay. Well, mine is maybe more of a technique than a product, but I keep a frozen eye mask in the freezer. And Mm -hmm. that's the first thing I do because I'm always just really puffy. I don't necessarily have dark circles. Mm -hmm. So I just go get that out of the freezer, pop to Advil, go get that out of the freezer, Yeah. prop my head up on my pillows. So I'm like not draining fluid the wrong way. And then I mm-hmm. put that on and it works absolute wonders. Yeah. The thing that I actually have in my Amazon cart right now that I'm going to buy is one of those ice rollers, mm-hmm. facial rollers are like 20 bucks on Amazon. I've heard amazing things about it. I'm going to get one of those and I'll report back to you, Liam, if that's mm-hmm. worth the spend. Mm-hmm. What about you? I'm a bath girl. Mm-hmm. I have to have a bath when I'm hungover. It oh. is so necessary. So I talked about this product before. This is another one of those like blow your socks off prices, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the Nanette de Gaspe Benoit Cannabis Sativa Bath Soak mm-hmm. Treatment. I loved that one so much, yeah. but I think it was probably all in my head how soothing that cannabis aspect of that was. But I love a bath with just like something luxurious in in the water. Mm-hmm. And I do like a cooling mask as well. So Glow Recipe Watermelon Glow Sleeping Mask will do. Something that's cooling. I also like something metal on my face if mm-hmm. I need to like wake up mm-hmm. my under eyes. You have to get something that's cool mm-hmm. and metal and just like roll that shit around. Yeah. Just cool in general will help. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Thank you, and Liam. I, li- I prefer children's gravel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gravel. I'm, you can't go back to sleep. I'm talking about when I got to get up and like be on camera. Yeah, but I get barfy. You don't. <laughs> okay. Carlene, as entrepreneurs ourselves, we want to pause for a moment to shout out our show sponsor, Ulta Beauty, who is doing something right now to help celebrate cool indie brands that you guys need to know about ASAP. 
It's a new platform called Sparked at Ulta Beauty. The brightest up-and-comers ignite your curiosity. So basically, Ulta is curating emerging brands with authentic stories to tell. And that's really a big part of what we love to do here at Breaking Beauty Podcast. We're all about those breakthrough products, people, and brands, and the damn good stories behind them. So we received a goodie bag full of the introductory products launched with Sparked. And I liked one of the eye palettes so much that I took to IGTV because we know a lot of you want to see the products as well. And I took the Oma Allure Black Magic Color Palette for a test drive, as well as the brand's metallic shine lipstick. It's so pretty. It's like got this sparkly finish on it, but it goes on sheer. Like you have to see it. Literally for a test drive. I think you did that in your car. I did. (laughs) So you can check that out at Breaking Beauty Podcast on Instagram. The packaging is really next level for Oma Beauty. And the brand is founded by Nigerian-born, LA and London-based former beauty executive Sharon Shooter. The Oma Beauty range is rebellious, innovative, and it's really created for everyone. And that's just one story. Sparked is a destination of ever-evolving cosmetic skin and hair products. So they'll continuously be refreshed throughout the year. And that's what makes it really exciting. So ignite your curiosity and discover Sparked in select Ulta stores or explore the virtual world of Sparked at Ulta.com slash Sparked. We'll link that in our show notes. Your beauty routine will never be the same. Now back to today's episode. Okay. So next question is from Dina Durham. Mm -hmm. She sent us this message on Instagram. Hello, ladies. I have a question for your upcoming Ask Us Anything podcast. I wondered what each of your earliest makeup memory is. My mom had this awesome pink Mary Kay case that had a red jelly type of rouge and this dark green eyeshadow that had to be mixed with water on a brush to apply. Interesting. When I find a product now that reminds me of that early memory of my mom using the palette, I get a wave of good nostalgia. I wondered if that kind of thing happens to you too and what kinds of products trigger that nostalgia for you? Mm. Great question, Dina. Yeah, well, I have to say I don't really have a makeup memory necessarily because my mom is like, she has the most reactive skin ever and hair ever to the point where <laughs> she she hasn't dyed her hair. I think she went fully gray almost when she was 30 and she hasn't dyed her hair basically since because she had a horrible chemical reaction. Oh dear. And she also has had skin cancer. So she's just like doesn't put anything on her face. And so my memories for me are like trolling around the drugstore and then the fragrances that I would get in my stocking at Christmas. Oh, okay. Number one that I remembered the most distinctly was Electric Youth by Debbie Gibson. Oh, yes. Pop culture moment there, late Mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s. And exclamation. And then exclamation. That was the one I was going for next. So that was like always at the bottom of the Shoppers Drug Mart shelf. It was like always toward the bottom. Unforgettable bottle, unforgettable Mm -hmm. smell. And to this day, I still think it's like not a bad fragrance. Yeah. And Love's Baby Soft too. I used, I used that a lot. So those all sort of take me back all, each of yeah. those fragrances, but yeah. it's more that I like didn't really know how to use them. So I'd be like, be like dousing myself in them. So yeah. it's like this fragrance <laughs> is so strong in my memory. Yeah. Yeah. But no, fragrance definitely takes you back probably the most, doesn't it? Yeah. I think of men's colognes mm-hmm. though. Like for me, Dracar Noir and Polo Ralph Lauren. Yeah, high school boyfriends. High school boyfriends. Mm -hmm. And I just, honestly, they really like, there was something so sexy about Mm -hmm. those smells. So like if I ever catch a whiff of that, it reminds me of like, basement makeout sessions for (laughs) sure. But I was really into bath time as well when I was younger. So my parents had a really large bathroom 
off of like their master bathroom was really big. We lived in one of those like suburban neighborhoods in Mississauga. It was like a big box Mm -hmm. house. And so I used to create this bathroom setup where it was kind of reminiscent of Gwyneth Paltrow in the Royal Tannenbaums. Yeah. Like I'm saying I literally would bring a little television into the bathroom. I can remember doing that and watching the Olympics. So I would set that up and I would always have like a tea or some kind of a drink. I'd have an ashtray and my cigarettes (laughs) and I had magazines and then I would have like, I think I told you this before, but my mom at one point, this was a very bad idea, but she was one of those sellers Mm -hmm. for those like direct to, you know, like a Mary consumer. Yeah. Not direct to consumer. One of those people to people Mm -hmm. selling things Mm -hmm. like Mary Kay or whatever. And so of course she wasn't like actually selling. It didn't go very well. So I got, I got to benefit from that was this company called New Skin. So when I was a teenager, I had all these products from that line at my disposal. And I was like literally doing green glacial mud masks. Cause I also had like the whiteheads on mm-hmm. my chin. So I'd love to do that in the bath and just like the scrubs. And they had this great like aloe vera gel moisturizer that mm-hmm. I put on. I just do like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I would spend like two hours in there easy. Yeah. Escapism. Yeah. I loved it. Before Netflix, before podcasts. I loved it. <laughs> just like puffing away on a dart. Wow. That's yeah. quite a ritual. It really yeah. is. Thank you, Dina, for your question. <laughs> Every time I'm hungover, I go back there. <laughs> <laughs> Safe space. Yeah. Now we have another voicemail question from Melissa in California. I don't think we've ever been asked this before. So we thought, why not? Let's weigh in. And besides, it's very, very cute. Hi, this is Melissa calling from California. And um, I have an 11-year-old daughter who is obsessed with makeup and skincare. And my question is, why has someone not come up with a line for teenagers? The kids these days know so much more than we did when we were kids. Um, They are putting on sunscreen. They are collecting palettes. I mean, when we were kids, we were lucky if we got hand-me-down old whatever makeup to play with. I just want you guys to know I love your show. My 11-year-old daughter and I listen to it all the time. We do a lot of driving in the car and it's like our bonding moment. Thank you, ladies. So I thought that was an interesting question about beauty products for kids and Mm -hmm. teenagers. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a daughter. She's not overly interested yet, but she did have her first whitehead, believe it or not, even though she's only nine, it must've just been like a clogged comedone. Mm -hmm. And so I actually did ask um, Dr. Dendy when she was in town, she's a dermatologist from New York who we've had on the show Mm -hmm. in the past, like what I could do in that situation. And just, so this is just like a little PSA. She said that I could use salicylic acid, a cleanser on her. Mm -hmm. I could even use it every day on her and it wouldn't be harmful because I do think as a parent, you don't know what you're using on yourself that's safe for your kids. Totally. And she was like, yeah, you could do that if you felt, she's like, it's probably a one-off, but if you wanted to do that as part of a routine, like you could. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting, Mm -hmm. but I, I think you were talking about like there is some brands starting to come up, Oh, right? yeah, like that are targeting. I mean, I don't know if they can go on the record that they're targeting younger people or tweens, but there's that whole line from Millie Bobby Brown. She's the star of Stranger Things. It's called Florence by Mills, and that's going to be sold at Ulta soon. So that really, I think, is speaking to a much younger audience. Mm-hmm. There's also like Essence Cosmetics. I think in they're available in the US and here and in 
Europe as well. I think that that definitely targets that sort of younger uh, demographic. And then like Fourth Ray Beauty, that's like a sister line to ColourPop. I think that they're definitely going after that younger market and even Kylie Skin to a degree mm-hmm. is going after um, that age group. So I do find it interesting because um, back in the day for us, it was just CoverGirl and right? Like CoverGirl and Maybelline, I think were the two that we would have bought at that age if any, and we would have probably got them as hand-me-downs from our sisters or something. Yeah. And I think that was probably more for teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I think she's talking about even younger than that. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what she is talking about Mm -hmm. because my daughter's friend loves to wear makeup and she's nine. Wow. Like she's come over to our house and she's wearing mascara and lipstick and blush and all the rest of it. So who's that, um, that girl that they're all obsessed with Jojo, Jojo Siwa. She's got like a line of makeup as well, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'll be honest with you. I know this might sound a bit controversial, but I actually kind of wish that there was a reputable brand that would come out with a line that's for kids. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why, because I do think that these products exist. Mm -hmm. It's really cheap shit Mm -hmm. because there is this kind of gap in the market. I think if you just like look online and I've seen it, if I go into like Mastermind or Mm -hmm. I don't know, Toys R Us or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you what these brands are called because they're absolute no name. Like it's basically toy companies who are coming out with these cosmetics. And I'm just like, listen, if somebody is going to put it out there, it should be a reputable brand. Mm -hmm. Like I would sooner trust like Anastasia Mm -hmm. or something if they came out with a a line of makeup for kids Mm -hmm. than this crap that's just like, who is this making it? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm even looking at this article right now on Glamour, the ugly truth behind makeup marketed to kids. And it's like, they're saying some of this stuff has like asbestos Mm -hmm. filters in Mm -hmm. it and stuff. So I kind of I think it's like... I think that Jojo Siwa was actually recalled for asbestos because yeah, it was at I think Claire's. That's the one, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's very. it would be very challenging for someone like an Anastasia or whatever to be seen as marketing to kids. I think that's the issue. Yeah. So they either need like a very young spokesperson like a Millie Bobby Brown yeah. or a retailer like a Claire's to tackle it. I don't think you'll ever see like a big makeup artist marketing to that age group. I understand what you're saying and yeah. I agree, but there are so many clean makeup brands today. And I know that Mm -hmm. that particular term, you know, I don't think we have enough time in one with this question to define exactly what that is. But there have been so many strides in terms of not including this, not including that, that Mm -hmm. I think there's got to be a way that we can do it more responsibly than it is right now. Like we're not going to ban it or outlaw it. Mm So let's have some other alternative than this cheap shit that's made by like a toy company Mm -hmm. that is the only option for my kid to use or adult makeup. Yeah, there's one influencer in Toronto, Makeup Slay Zoe is her um, Instagram handle. And I think she maybe is 13 and she is huge, like a million, 1.3 million followers on Instagram. And she does all these amazing makeup looks. So it's certainly the market is there. Like, and I think YouTube has played a big part in that. Like Mm -hmm. just girls like, your daughter's age are watching YouTube and they do watch tutorials Mm -hmm. and they're interested and curious about makeup younger and younger probably than ever rather than just like reading it in a magazine, which is what we used to do. Yeah. And so they're seeing these palettes and they're getting excited about them and they see them being demonstrated. So yeah, well, it's beauty attainment. It's Mm -hmm. beauty sport. Like Mm -hmm. remember we met 
what was her name at Sephora? Oh, Peyton. <laughs> Peyton. Mm-hmm. Good old Peyton. Like yeah, she, she had her own merch. Yeah. <laughs> she rocked her mercy. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> she rocked her mercy. Kill me. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, but we think it's really cute that um, you guys both listen to our show and have um, a little bonding moment. Thanks for putting the idea out there in the universe because somebody's going to listen to this podcast and say, you know what? Yeah. I just got an idea. Yeah, exactly. All right. What's next? The last question is from at Hannah Emily Parker. And this one was on Instagram and she asks, what is your favorite episode that you guys have done? Okay. Well, I would say for myself, I will never forget the episode that we did with Brandon Truax, the mm-hmm. founder of Desiem and mm-hmm. The Ordinary. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm talking about the late Brandon Truax. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that I, that will forever, I'll forever remember that is because of course, as anyone who followed the story of Desiem and The Ordinary, Brandon had a very tumultuous year before his passing, which was earlier this year. And people watched that and it was it was quite sad actually. But when we sat down with Brandon, he was really at the top of his game mm-hmm. and he was really a genius. Mm-hmm. And there's just nobody like him. And I think I just have so much respect for kind of the way that he broke through and broke into the business and shook things up and wasn't afraid to say what needed to be changed. And of course, things got rocky after that. But I think there was a time when there really just was this true genius, this amazing product that everybody loved and and still does today. And I'll just, yeah, I'll just never forget that. Yeah. And it really was him raw, unfiltered at his best. We had a great chat fellow Gemini. And it's truly a career highlight, I think, for both of us. We've talked to so many amazing people, but Brandon is just, it was such a beautiful moment in time. And I think if you guys haven't checked that one out, I think you would really enjoy it. That's it for the Ask Us Anything episode. The AMA definitely hit us up on that voicemail line if you guys have any other questions. And uh, we're excited to see what the next million downloads are going to be all about. And if you do receive a Breaking Beauty podcast um, pop socket, Mm -hmm. we really want to see it as Mm -hmm. well. So um, send us a photo, tag us in your Instagram stories or on your Instagram feed, and we will share it on our feed as well. So so thank you everyone for listening always and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Visit breakingbeautypodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like that cherry bomb, like that cherry bomb.